Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we've got Gavin and James from Divine Barrel in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I got to spend some time with these guys when I was down in Charlotte. I was supposed to attend a wedding there actually last year, but that was the year that shall not be named. So I'm thrilled. I finally got to check out the tap room. And these guys have an anniversary and an Oktoberfest celebration coming up, and they're they're actually really busy. So I'm glad that they took some time out to talk to us. But I also think uh, they'll stop and chat with really anyone in the in the brewery who wants to know what it actually looks like to dance in quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> and growth for Divine Barrel may have started off a little bit slow, but they're really beginning to see the fruits of their labor now. And w- they're winning awards, too. Uh, they've won at the North Carolina Beer Cup and at GABF competitions. And if the beers they're entering are as good as the Carolina Cobbler beer I tried at the tap room, they deserve all of the awards. You know, actually, I think we should start being able to give out awards. How do, how do, how do we make I that think happen? I so, too. Yeah, we need to pour another round award of some kind. Yeah, all right, I'm in. I think let's, that's fair. Let's create some trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, in the meantime, let's pull up a bar stool. Crack open a beer and have a chat with Gavin and James from Divine Barrel Brewing Company in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tavor makes it easy to access and discover the highest rated craft beers from all over the world right through their mobile app. Get the best in craft beer delivered to your doorstep from over 650 breweries in 47 different states. But Jonathan, how does it work? All you have to do is download the Tavor app from your phone's app store and if you enter the promo code pour that's p-o-u-r at sign up you will receive ten dollars in credit after spending 25 dollars on the app and with all the good beer that's pretty easy to do beer lovers can build their own custom beer box or subscribe to have the top rated beers automatically shipped to you so fill your beer fridge with unique hard-to-find craft beers from independent craft breweries by downloading the Tavor app. That's Tavor. T-A-V-O-U-R. And be sure to enter the promo code POUR, like pour another round, at sign up and before placing your first beer in the crate. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Cameron. We We like like beer. beer. Some of the best stories start with beer. Now it's time to make beer the story. Pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. Today we're chatting over some beers with Gavin and James from Divine Barrel Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our listeners may recall that I was recently down in Charlotte visiting some breweries and having an awesome time doing so. Uh, Divine Barrel was my first stop, actually, when I was down there, and it was a lot of fun meeting you guys in person. And we're here chatting from afar again, so it's great to see you guys again. You great as well. to see you. And yeah, to meet you, Cameron. And thank you for having us. Of course. Thanks for joining us. And I've been uh, I've been telling Cameron how much fun he missed out on not tagging along with me in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sick of hearing about it, so I'm glad you guys were hospitable for Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, we, we try our best. Um, we didn't throw any beer at him, uh, unfortunately, but you know, next, next time when you yeah, come next time for sure. beer at you. So. Yeah, <laughs> for, for missing the first time, I get to be at you. Yes. Yes. That works. And we'll record it and put it on Instagram. And it'll get, you know, 300 likes. You know, I I have no shame. I have no shame to go viral. (laughs) Me. We'll we'll, we'll TikTok it or something. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So I I have seen plenty plenty of those photos that uh, Jonathan sent my way while he was there drinking your beer. Uh, So, yeah, I I feel like I have been there before. (laughs) But uh, let's talk about like who you both are. So let's start with James. What do you what do you do at Divine Barrel? Yeah, so I am the marketing manager here at Divine Barrel. So do all the marketing things, including run our social media, make an ass out of myself regularly. For the <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, we have a lot of fun uh, making our videos and, and doing our fun marketing initiatives. So I couldn't be luckier getting to work at an awesome brewery <laughs> like this. All right, Gavin, who are you? Uh, so I'm one of the co-founders here at Divine Brawl and I manage generally, 
Uh, I kind of have my hands and everything. James and I collaborate a lot on ideas. He hates most of mine. Uh, I he yells manage. at me a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm going pa- to pause you right there because uh, I feel for you because Jonathan and I have the same relationship where I have ideas and he hates those. Uh, Cameron gets a lot of eye rolls. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we should I, start I a support a group. A support group, Gavin. My dad jokes. So, <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, I am the general supplier of all dad jokes. I also help manage the tap room events, uh, do some sales, basically learn as much as I can along the way, and then be able to teach it to whomever uh, needs to be in that actual position. Fantastic. So, Gavin, you say co-founder. So, how did you go about starting a brewery, and why? So I've been in the service industry since I was 15 years old. When I was at UNC Chapel Hill, I started at a restaurant called Spanky's. And we had a small craft beer following. It was, this was 2005 is when I started. And then in 2007, after I graduated in 06, I became full-time. And I tried to transform it into more of a craft beer bar, hearing a lot more draft and a lot more bottles and cans, of various both local and regional breweries. Uh, and then I started home brewing and loved it. Never got as sciencey as our head brewer, Ben, who's also a co-founder. He's been brewing for 20 some years and he just made the jump straight from home brewing to professional brewing here. And then yeah, our third partner, Scott, he was a mutual friend, got involved uh, in, a, in a close friendship with, with Ben and I met him along the way and we got our heads together one night over some beers and uh, just said, let's write a business plan. Uh, that was back 2015. I hope you wrote that business plan after all of those beers, like immediately while <laughs> beers were being drank. Yeah, most of it was the naming session of what we were going to call this place. Uh, and there were some pretty bad names thrown out there. <laughs> um, none of which I want to remember. So I don't, I think I've blocked them out. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a lot of fun that night and, um, that's kind of where it started, uh, started. And I was at that time working at, for a restaurant group here in Charlotte that I had been with for about four and a half years when I left. Loved working with them and they focused a lot on, on craft beer. And then the other location that I opened was a lot of focus on bourbon. So I, I've gotten to learn a lot about that stuff along the years too. Weirdly enough, those are our two favorite things. Huh. Yeah. You yeah. should see their, their business plan is actually written on a cocktail napkin. the first draft at least (laughs) i I think my loves go my my son my wife Dwayne allman beer and bourbon so (laughs) that's kind of the list right there (laughs) and so you mentioned all of those names that you know didn't come to be but um divine barrel you know it seems like it would be a relatively straightforward name but i imagine there's more to the story so you know how'd you land on divine barrel well, the barrel aspect, easy. The <laughs> we barely. Gavin is sitting in front of a bunch of barrels. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so that was very self-explanatory. Uh, we want to barrel age more beer uh, over time, but again, that takes time, and we need to figure out how to make money along the way. Uh, but the the word divine, the second definition is actually unusually lovely. And that just, that's what we think of beer, especially some of the sours that we put out. We want everybody to be able to taste the nuances of the beers and and, and not just get a massive fruit bomb. We want you to be able to taste the graham cracker or the marshmallow or the vanilla that goes into the beer as well. Um, and, And, you know, you get these unusually lovely characteristics out of each beer. You know, one of the ones I'm drinking right now is a West Coast IPA. Uh, we specialize in making those as well as some of our sours. And I love that, that Ben messes around with different hop combinations because that helps me realize nuances of what I like. And, and, and this one I'm currently drinking has citrus, Chinook, and Columbus. Old school, you know, and, and uh, especially with the Chinook and Columbus. And I'm tasting those Super and it's dank. reminding me of, of homebrewing and, and dank West Coast from 2008, 2009. Very cool. And you guys are located in North Davidson on the northeast side of Charlotte, right? And yeah. often referred to as Noda. Noda. Yep. Uh, so tell us about the yep. location and how'd you, how'd you land in that spot? So we, we scouted out a few different uh, spaces uh, in Pleasant Midwood and in Noda. And we, we love 
the Noda district. It's the arts district of Charlotte. It's, it's the place where people can be themselves as long as you aren't being a dick. Uh, (laughs) You just kind of, we, we just fit in and, and we really like that. We, we have a chance to be ourselves, to, to be a part of the arts district because beer is art and we get to focus on that and we get to bring a community space within a great community. We like to say that we made ourselves a part of the community from the get go. Um, I'm super involved with our neighborhood association and it's just, it's really important to be a part of this area um, because I mean, this is where we all hung out too, before we even opened the brewery. Yeah. So kind of made sure. it easy. So I, I love that you think of beer as art. I absolutely do too. Like there's obviously a lot of science that goes into it, but there is so much art from the brewer that goes into the, into the glass. But yeah. let's, let's hear from James. And we just heard that you're in the arts district. So from a marketing perspective and the, the storytelling of divine barrel, yeah, talk about like the art of, what what goes out into the the public that people actually see or experience whether it's through social or on your on your labeling yeah sure so i'll start with social so uh as gavin said beer is art and we also treat our social media like it's uh art we'll have a lot of fun making these kind of silly videos promoting beer releases or coming to visit us on the weekend and it's fun getting to try and include the neighborhood in some of these videos and photos and stuff like that um because again it helps you get that community feel um which is like gavin said we're big into community so doing that and then in terms of marketing for the beer itself we we have an artist whose name is Dave Kaminsky. He is super, super talented. I know the the can, I don't know if you can see the can right here that I'm holding is our Czech mm-hmm. Pilsner. And uh, so this isn't like a super sexy label, but it's for our loggers. It's, it's basically a generic grocery store version of a label like you used to be able to get back in the day where if you went to the grocery store and didn't want to spend money on let's say uh, a pbr or something you could go get the generic brand of beer that just said beer on it (laughs) so at least with this this brand of uh, of beers or lagers, you kind of know what you're getting and it's simple and effective and people love these labels. They're like, oh my gosh, these things are so cool. They're so simple. They stand out. Um, but then for the rest of our beers, he will design these super intricate drawings, usually focused on one image. That's hand-drawn yeah. font right there. I mean, yeah. he oh, wow. hand-draws everything digitally and there's little Easter eggs on every label. Like right. he has a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun and, you know, we'll put little characters in some of our labels, like our West coasts have uh, a bitter boy character is what we call him. He, he basically is an old man face that, <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's on the handle. Of the, <laughs> right there. Uh-huh. So he hides them in all of our West coasts, for example. And some of them are very obvious you can find. And then some of them are little Easter eggs. You have to find that you have to look for a lot harder. Um, I'm sure it's in there. Filled snow, that Imperial lead filled snowshoe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, well, yeah, I don't know where it is on the, I, I, I hadn't either, but anyways, we have a lot of fun making our beer, promoting our beer. Um, and then, but, you know, at the end of the day, we do take it very seriously. We wouldn't consider beer, our beer being art unless we did. And so thankfully the beer I think is quite excellent. So it makes my job of marketing it very easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just want to speak to some of the inspiration for some of the the label art that Mm -hmm. Dave does. So James came up with this name, Ribbon Reflector of the Latest West Coast, and it's from a uh, fish song. So we are huge fans of music, music also an art. Yeah. There's just this really cool intertwining of music, beer, art, and culture label making. Yeah. And then again, the marketing of it, because we can take the name of a beer and turn it into an action. Like we, you know, we 
released Neon Distraction and smashed a computer. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just like have fun with it and and take it to the next level um, because of how we make beer and how we make those labels. We we get to kind of play with our own emotions of what what do we want to do next. Well, you, you've both said that the beer is excellent, so let's prove it and pour our first round. Yeah. What are we uh, What are we going to be drinking here? In front of us, we have ice cream paint job, dancing in quicksand, hoppy lager, and uh, imperial Leadfield snowshoe. I would start with dancing in quicksand. Oh, yeah. All right. So dancing in quicksand is a blonde ale. I'm brewed with coconut, something lime Kefir. leaves. How do you say Kefir that? Lime Kefir. Kefir. <laughs> kefir lime leaves and lactose so tell us about this beer yeah as we pour ourselves in. <laughs> so dancing in quicksand is a affectionately known as a pastry blonde ale because of the lactose um but we basically just wanted to create a fun little light beer that's thai cuisine inspired uh so kefir mm-hmm. lime leaves and coconut are heavily influenced in Thai cuisine um, and cooking. So we just kind of wanted to do something fun and culinary inspired. And it's definitely different. You know, you don't see a lot of, you see blonde ales brewed a lot, but you don't see a lot of pastry blonde ales and certainly not culinary inspired blonde ales. So that's definitely one of our more out there beers, but that's also one of the things I love about us is that we can do these kind of wonky beers and they still turn out pretty damn well. Well, I'll let you decide if it tastes pretty good or not, but, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it you can, good. you can definitely, you can definitely taste the coke. It's both smell and taste the coconut. Oh. And I imagine in, in addition to it, you know, pairing well with that, that, you know, culinary reasoning, it, probably is a pretty popular summer beer too, just with the the coconut and like it, it tastes like something I would want to drink on a beach yeah. on a hot summery day too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we have a Thai food so restaurant it, right across the parking lot. Yes. So that helps <laughs> oh, perfect. that works well. It also helps. <laughs> well, and, and talking, talking about making it the art, uh, the, the label of this is fantastic with a dancing shoe sinking in quicksand. <laughs> so that's, uh, I'm not sure if that's really yeah. dark or really creative, but it's both. <laughs> I questioned our uh, designer, Dave. I said, man, if somebody was dancing in quicksand, how did their shoe end up that way? <laughs> and he gave me this really long-winded, total <laughs> BS response that was beautiful. And I commended him for it. Uh, but I still don't know how a shoe would end up like that. Well, would you, would you like to summarize how a shoe ends up like this? It uh, well here I'll I'll find the email we'll come back to it. Well, okay, we'll uh, probably have question. to dive in head first. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was I've, I've like, seen people dude, dance I, way worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was oh, it was total total crock. Uh, I, I didn't. Oh, did I did I text it? Oh man, I'm gonna have to find this. Yeah, come back to me on. That. Sounds good. Okay, and and has dancing in quicksand been around for a while, or is it a relatively new so beer? So it's definitely on the newer side. We released it what about a month ago now, Gavin? I think it was two okay. releases ago. Because yeah. we we have a release today as well, uh, which is part of what Gavin and I are drinking on. But yeah, I think we released it about a month ago, and yeah, it's been a, a steady seller. Everybody, we've had we've definitely had a couple people come in and tell us like, "Oh, I like this beer. This is." going to be perfect for my beach trip this weekend or uh, we're going to the lake this weekend so we've gotten a couple of those so yeah definitely a good one for uh, the warm weather especially down here in the south where it gets really hot and humid <laughs> it gets hot. <laughs> i can't find the the record of what he said mm. i, I don't want to spend too much time looking for it and mm. get distracted but uh, should have made up your own story again. yeah <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> what i what i don't know is if the person wearing the shoe died so it could be a dark story yeah right i have any of you ever been stuck in quicksand you know we we talk we talk about this uh i've had this conversation before like you know when you were little and you are told all these things and you grow up thinking like you're gonna need need to remember stop drop and roll a lot more often than you Uh do and then you hear about quicksand you're like holy shit am i ever gonna sink in quicksand (laughs) and you never even come (laughs) i gotta i gotta look out for quicksand my whole life Exactly. I'm, to this so, day, I've yet to experience quicksand, and I'm kind of pissed about it. Yeah. I want to find it. I have experienced quicksand. Oh, you have. oh, yes. I've... We were. I was in high school. It's me and two of my best friends. We were walking through 
an old retention pond from where a, uh, a ferry landing was built out and it was no water whatsoever. And it kind of looked like a crackly desert. And we were like, okay, this is safe to walk on. It's totally, <laughs> totally fine. It's dry. It's been dry for years. No big deal. So we're walking along and we get to the middle and it was not safe. Boom. Down <laughs> goes my buddy, John. He sunk oh my gosh. one foot down in probably about up to his thigh. And so where I'm standing on solid ground, so I grab him, pull him out, but his shoe actually got stuck in there. <laughs> and it was about two feet plus down in the quicksand. I was able to, you know, I'm hanging on, leaning, and I grab it out because we still got to walk and get out of this thing. So I grabbed it and nothing went into the shoe. Like it just kind of <laughs> like hovered over it a little bit and I was able to get it out fast enough. Uh, but it was the weirdest experience. So we hopped out of this, this big, I mean, it was a big ass former pond and we climbed to the top, walked around the edge. And of course we get to where the ferry entrance side was and it says, danger quicksand <laughs> so we didn't see those signs when uh we went in on the other side which you're not supposed to go in uh but yeah i have had an experience with quicksand and while i don't know what have had what would have happened if he were alone walking into quicksand it was pretty easy to get him out so uh but still treacherous like you know we had a holy shit moment Still, uh, shouldn't but, have been there. But the, but the best part <laughs> of this, the best part about that is just like the beer label, his shoe fell off in the quicksand. His shoe so fell off. This is a very. It factual... wasn't in that direction though. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know how Dave is thinking about this. Then, so I don't know what to tell. <laughs> we did not. He did not consult me for my expert uh, opinion on uh, actually dealing quicksand with quicksand experience. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, well, I'm glad you're here with us, Gavin, and not stuck in quicksand still. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. uh, talking about your beer lineups today, or you're, you're releasing one today, you released uh, this one a month ago. How often are you guys releasing new beers? Is it pretty regularly or do you have your, your core lineup? How, how does that go for Divine Barrel? We, we release uh, new cans every two weeks and it's not always a new beer, but more often than not, it is. And it, um, geez, uh, we repeat a couple of beers, like the Czech pills we've brewed a few times at this point. But a lot of times it's a brand new beer. We like to experiment quite a bit. <laughs> it helps with tax credit too. <laughs> <laughs> and R&D. so you got coming out uh, today. Um, so, but your episode will come out next week. And so, you know, these beers might still be around in your tap yeah. room, the Czech pills and the, the um, red ribbon reflection, right? Uh, ribbon, uh, ribbon reflector, reflection. yeah. yeah. Ri- river, ribbon reflector, reflector. excuse okay. me. Yeah. The ribbon just happens to be red. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Um, and then uh, the, third one. the week after the episode oh. comes out, we'll have a classic beer coming out called Pleasantly Plum. That's another Berliner Weiss with uh, plum, vanilla, lactose, and then we threw a little bit of uh, blueberry mm-hmm. in there, I believe, too. And peach. Um, and peach, just to kind of mm-hmm. uh, bump up some flavor profile. And then uh, our first time brewing a hazy dipo called Made of Spare Parts. And that's got, you know, Citrus Strata, Belma, and El Dorado in it. So a new combo. Made, made up of spare parts. Did you just have a bunch of random hops lying around so you threw them all in the vat? <laughs> that's actually uh, uh, y'all watch Letterkenny at all? That's yeah, for sure. Letterkenny yeah. reverence. Love it. So we, uh, again, we try and mix in some fun references. And if you guys ever open up a brewery, let me give you a hint and name some beers after the office because people go crazy over office name <laughs> <Yes>. beers. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's what it, it seems like a lot of your beer lineup is like some sort of a music reference. I know you yeah. said that, that music is a big thing for you guys right. and then pop culture, whether it's Letterkenny, The Office, whatever. So sure. like, who is who is the one coming up with the, the names? Is that you, James, from marketing? Or is it just kind of all hands on deck? Whoever's the most creative that day wins? Yeah. So I will say I, we have a master list of potential beer names that's probably, I don't know, 200 names deep. So we all contribute. You guys better it. get to brewing work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not all of them are usable. Uh, <laughs> actually, probably about half of them are actually usable. But, um, 
Yeah, so it's it's definitely a collaborative effort. I will usually start the naming process of the beers, and I will submit a list of three to five names for any beer that we need to name, and I'll get uh, I'll get everybody's vote. And so usually, unless uh, Gavin or Ben have a big problem with the name that wins, we'll we'll go with that one. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of all of us. It's a lot of fun being able to collaborate with the whole team. And you guys are coming out with your first Oktoberfest this year. We are very excited about it. So that should be coming out in uh, about mid-September, actually. And we're really looking forward to it. We're having, uh, assuming COVID doesn't shut everything down again, uh, we're planning on having a fun Oktoberfest party. What is it? The 18th of 18th September, of September. Yep. Yeah. You know, okay, I want to I want to interject something here. It's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. So I'm going to take it I'm going to take it out on you guys though. We're releasing yeah. it, it like, early. It seems like all Oktoberfests come out in September. All Oktoberfests are in <laughs> September. Can someone just call it Septemberfest by now? <laughs> We're all you know, trying to beat one actually, another to the punch. <laughs> right. Um a, a real estate group that owns a bunch of land not too far from us that, that they're doing some pretty cool stuff, but they tried to last year or two years ago, they did something called September fest and okay. it did not feature any Oktoberfest beers, uh, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but we poured <laughs> at it. It was a lot of fun, music, art, all that good stuff. But yeah, I have no idea. It must have to do with, you know, the Gregorian calendar or something like that as to why it's released in September, but called Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, McGregory. Yeah, right. freaking Greg. <laughs> Damn it, Greg. And, I don't, and, I don't uh, think I know any Gregs anymore. I knew one growing up. Would he have screwed up the calendar? Yeah, yeah, he totally <laughs> did. He, he always showed up a day late. <laughs> <laughs> Not a month. Not a month. Not a month Not early. A month. <laughs> Unless it was yeah, February. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, who the hell says, I want to I want to make a month 28 days, but sometimes 29. <laughs> super confusing yeah (laughs) just to mess with us keep us on our toes (laughs) um and so before we do pour another round here um another one of your beers that you had um on tap when i was visiting you guys and i I absolutely loved it was the um your cobbler beer and you had the um, peach cobbler at the time but i believe you had said that's you kind of switch out what fruit you're using for the cobbler beers right yeah. Yep. We've got strawberry on right now. Okay. Well, the peach was fantastic, so I'm sure that the strawberry is also <laughs> quite good. Yeah, that's it it, that <laughs> one. That sour line in particular. So we first released peach cobbler was the very first one that we ever did, and so we first released that probably about a month or two before the pandemic hit, and. I mean, that beer really, really, really probably put us on the map. And as soon as we brewed it in cans and put it in cans during the pandemic, like started exploding and and, and people really, really, really started paying attention to our sours, which is awesome. Um, not so, literally exploding cans. Not literally exploding. <laughs> not literally. Yeah. Not literally. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Poor choice. Poor choice of wording. <laughs> this marketing guy yeah, over here. Well, you know. <laughs> but uh, they people started really paying attention to our sours, and so it's been fun. We we have a really soft spot for our Carolina cobbler line, so. Yeah, we we love the peach and yeah, right now strawberry is flying. I think we're out of cans. Almost gone. Almost out of draft. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's uh, take a break here and pour another round. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Ah, (laughs) there. There. It took a a minute. Yeah. Now we're full circle. Uh, Hoppy lager. Uh, Hoppy lager. Yeah, I'd, I'd go in that direction. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, while uh, while that's being cracked and poured, Hoppy Lager. Yeah. Talk about it. So that one is uh, that one is a favorite of ours too. That was the first time we brewed this one, um, and we definitely think Brandon with this one. Uh, it's I believe our American Lager base, if I'm not mistaken, and um, we decided to use some kind of more modern hops than you would use in a traditional lager. 
So uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the label. I believe there we used uh, Chinook and Eldorado on that one. Doesn't say on the I'm label. Seeing, I don't think. I'm seeing Cashmere. Oh, okay. Cashmere. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Cashmere, Cashmere and Eldorado. Eldorado. Yeah. My apologies. I knew it was a C. I knew it was a C hop. I don't even see where it says it on the label. The internet. I'm I'm believing what I'm reading on the <laughs> yeah, internet. He's oh, looking yeah, at the okay. untapped. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have a different marketing guy that puts all our stuff in untapped. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he actually wait. knows yeah, what, what hops are in it. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I'm sorry. I'm I have to so keep many track damn all these hoppy beers. Hops. I can't keep track. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep track of all these damn hops. No, Any more than, anyway, so, than there used to be, too. It's yeah, like, yeah, just right. throw Cascade in it. It'll be fine. And now it's like... <laughs> Yeah, and then you have to double dry hop everything, too. Oh, mm. yeah, it needs to be double dry hop. So, anyways, <laughs> you'll definitely get more of that. It's a subtle, hoppy bitterness, kind of like, it's like a subdued West Coast hop profile, I would say. Like, very subdued. Still insanely crushable, yeah. Yeah, super, super drinkable, but, you know, you... You would be reminded of uh, you're like oh you know this this I get the I get the hops I'll scratch that itch for you. <laughs> and the hoppy lager is is one of your your more simplistic cans. It, yes, it's the, you know the white label with right just it's beer like, on uh, it <laughs> exactly like this check pills label. It's you know what you're getting with the hoppy lager. Well, how do you guys feel on the East Coast brewing West Coast beer? Love it. Oh, okay. Now when I was like, drinking great. Yeah. You're, you guys, yeah. Lefts and rights. Just confuse it, them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, it's a good way for us to kind of differentiate ourselves from a lot of the market. As you guys, I'm sure know, hazy IPAs have basically dominated uh, the craft beer market the last few years and has kind of taken over as a predominant hoppy option. And it's no different here in charlotte there are some breweries that do west coast but i don't think there are any that do them as consistently as we do to be perfectly frank it's just what most of us prefer to drink for our hoppy options so and that's kind of the fun (laughs) of running your own joint you can do whatever you want exactly yeah yeah Yeah, we still got to pay the bills but we we've learned (laughs) that people are starting to move away from the hazy a little bit. I mean, I think we've all seen the trend towards lagers, the brewers' beers. And for us, West Coast have always been, they've always been my favorite style. Uh, Ben as well, it's always top tier for him and and James and and Scott, our other partner. And it's just one of those things where I'm definitely unhappy when we don't have one available. I just look at the board of our tap list. I'm like, there's nothing I want to drink here if there's no West Coast. And it's yeah. kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, luckily, like James said, there are a couple of breweries here in town that uh, like Triple C and Noda, they keep a West Coast around as one of their flagships. But we don't do okay. flagships. So that's why you see a lot of rotation. Um, but West Coast is a flagship style for us. Um, kind of like Carolina Cobbler is a flagship style for us. Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those beers that I'm, man, I'm glad I'm drinking one at uh, noon <laughs> right now. Don't tell my wife. Um, she but, won't see this till next week anyway. So yeah, storm is past. The statute of limitations <laughs> on day drinking is only 24 hours. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you don't do flagship beers, but do you remember the first beer that you officially brewed on a professional level and what you guys open with? Yes. So I can't remember what order it was, but um, we did our Imperial style yeah. called Comfort in Darkness. Mm-hmm. And then our uh, Sil- GABF silver medal winning Grotzer. Those were our first two beers that we brewed. And that was pretty awesome for us to win that uh, gold or silver medal when we were six months old. But um, yeah, Ben brewed those uh, while I was in jury duty. <laughs> so <laughs> I was... I was trying to get out of it. I called our DA because I actually used to work with him. And I was like, hey, can you get me out of jury duty? I'm trying to open a brewery. And he was like, man, I can't do that with my position. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not not good. But yeah, it was those two. And I think, gosh, what did we open up with, James? Petit on me. We had the repeater, uh, which, is- which was the smoked English porter. That sounds fun. Yeah. Was it here I Pretty goes? Easy. Here I goes again. 
Oh, uh, I get it. Just, uh, hmm. just a, I think it was just a base goza. Yep. So, yeah, we probably had about, we had a hazy, what was it called? Um, wow, had, much juicy. Wow, much juicy. Yeah, that's right. So we had a hazy, we had a couple, I think we had a West Coast. My first, not my first crush. Anyway, I think we had ten beers when yeah. we opened. Yeah. So did did I miss something along the way? Like I think I've been paying attention, but what what when did you guys open? <laughs> Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. So going back to uh, the first beers that we brewed. So Ben, uh, most brewers will brew, you know, something light and easy to get used to their brew house and system. Well, Ben stubbornly decided he was going to brew Comfort and Darkness, our big bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout, as the first brew day at uh, at Divine Barrel. So <laughs> he really got to know his system on that first brew. <laughs> Sometimes the best way is just baptism by fire. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Well, and the Grazer was a five-step mash. So, Which is a real to bitch a lot to of- do. <laughs> it's a real bitch yeah. to do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so he really set himself up uh, for success on those first two brews. Well, you guys are still around and you can continue to make a new stuff. So clearly it's working out for him. That's right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So are there, have you guys any surprises with some of your beers that you've made? You know, one that maybe you thought was a gamble and it sold like crazy or one that, uh, you know, on the flip side, one that you thought was going to be great and maybe it was more of a flop. Oh, we could talk about the flop. The, yeah. The, word, the, the Baltimore of the brewery. Baltimore. Yeah. Um, oh, it, did you know Jonathan's yeah. the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world? <laughs> oh, my wife went to Harry Potter World for her bachelorette. Oh, my party. gosh. Sounds oh. like we could be friends. If Jonathan wasn't <laughs> yeah, married yeah. and you weren't married to her, I think he would have been married to her now. <laughs> yeah. Like you can do like a little wife swap if you want. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I, well, I mean, you should see the couch I'm sitting on. <laughs> anyway, that's for another story. Um, but uh, yeah, we brewed a beer called Dirty Reindeer. It was a an Imperial Rattler. That was so. my marketing uh, that did not quite do so well for that beer. And then we brewed 30 barrels of it. That was our second um, mistake. That's a lot. We we did some bourbon-soaked oak chips in it uh, because it was a cocktail-inspired mm-hmm. beer. Anytime you get a Rattler, you got to drop a shot of bourbon in it. Right. If you guys haven't done that, Oh my goodness. It's so good. Grapefruit Rattler specifically. So this was a grapefruit Rattler. Stiegel. Um, so yeah, Stiegel's grapefruit Rattler is amazing, especially with a shot of bourbon in it. And you don't know by the time you've had four of them that how shit-faced you are. Um, <laughs> they go down until so you stand easy. up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Didn't translate beer for It was them. a great freaking <laughs> beer. It was an awesome beer. It really was. You couldn't even give it away. Uh-uh. Well, so, so uh, it, James, how'd you F up the marketing on a great beer? I guess calling it an imperial shandy. I thought it was kind of one of those fun, kitschy kind of, uh, yeah, uh, Rattler, excuse me, imperial Rattler. Uh, It's basically, I should have called it a a shandy, but uh, (laughs) I think just lamenting on what I didn't call it. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we we have one regular that loved it so much that he like he was like, please, you know, I'll actually take it and keep it. (laughs) He might still have two cans in his fridge because every now and then he'll crack one. This is Justin uh, James, and uh, (laughs) he he loved the beer, and we did too. We drank the heck out of it, but we had we ended up having to destroy a good bit. Had to pour a bunch out. Mm. Oh god, I mean, painful. And we couldn't give away cases to people. That is wild. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But I sure as hell would have cracked one right now. Like hot weather. It it was such a good beer, but it was a total marketing flop. And <laughs> damn it, James. Not, not to blame uh, James. Yeah. Uh, James doesn't deserve all the blame <laughs> on that. Just like 39% of it. Yeah. Um, That's fair. <laughs> so it, it was just one of those things. We shouldn't have brewed that much. We we realized that cocktail-inspired beers don't necessarily work for us. Um, not for our market, <laughs> not for our market, and, and I mean even the even the dancing quicksand, great beer. Uh, it's moving, you know. We are almost out of it, but again, it's not one of those fast sellers. But okay, maybe a food pairing beer works better than a than a cocktail inspired beer. I mean, we we tried reaching out to mixologists for this beer. We were like, look, just drop a shot of bourbon in it, It'd be even better. Um, <laughs> Not interested. Say, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we all make mistakes along the way. And uh, 
I think one of the beers, gosh, James, what would you say is one of the ones that sold really well that we were surprised at? What's one for you? Man, I got to be honest. Like, so recently, so our West Coast have always moved well. And the more, I guess the more and more we get known for it, the easier it is for us to move it. But I mean, honestly, in the last, the last couple months, our West Coast cans and draft has been just absolutely flying. Like we'll usually have a couple cans or a couple of cases left over um, from one release to the next. But, uh, oh, hey, Thomas, thanks for interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good, I got a good story for you guys. After <laughs> He's getting um, more towels. Yeah, I'm moving to Montana, dude. I think that yeah. was that West Coast, which uh, you just missed, Jonathan. That sold out in under two weeks. Oh, wow. And for a West Coast to do that, that'll happen with sours uh, a lot of times, but yeah. The West Coast, I was, I mean, I think I cried. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, it made us, it made us all so happy. We're like, where the fuck did this beer go? Like, yeah. We can't drink any more of it. It's gone already. Yeah. And that was my favorite West Coast to date. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Ben accuses me of saying that every time a West Coast comes out, <laughs> but Ribbon <laughs> Reflector tastes a lot like it. And so yeah. I am jazzed. Well, so with uh, with like that moving to Montana, if it moved so fast and you guys loved it so much, would you ever bring that back? Or are you really a one and done? Once it's out, we are a limited release brewery. No. We'll bring it back. Well, yeah, we bring beers back. Um, if it, it just might be a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we, we listen to our fans a lot because you'd be stupid not to. <laughs> but... Uh, a lot of times we'll also rebrew beers if we just personally really like it. Like this Czech Pilsner, we brewed it for the first time a few months ago, and it it quickly became our favorite beer for the most part that that we brew, at least our favorite lager. And so here we are a couple months later brewing it again. So we we kind of make room. We have a production schedule that is over a year long, and we follow it pretty closely you know obviously you have collabs that come up throughout the year and things change sometimes so you'll move things around but i mean again this is one of those beers that we felt so strongly about that we love so much we're like all right we got to get this in closer again and brew it again and so we'll definitely bring beers back it's just really not as much of a rhyme or reason we've also started getting a little bit more seasonal with a couple of different beers. Like we've got a maple vanilla Porter that we always release now around Thanksgiving time. So we're starting to get a little more to that point, but yeah, by and large, we have no problem brewing a beer once and never brewing it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially if it, uh, if we don't like, if it's a beer that sold well, but we didn't love how it turned out, we won't brew it again. Um, Okay. You know, but if it sold They're, well and we like yeah. if it sold extremely well and we didn't like how it turned out, then we'll there may be more discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, more open the check, for discussion. The check fills is on the schedule for three times already next year. Oh, wow. You guys loved the Imperial Rattler. Maybe we should you should brew that again and we should give James another opportunity to remarket it better. <laughs> no, 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 don't put that evil Baltimore. We have a small batch system now, so maybe on our one. Maybe just name it Baltimore system. and it might sell better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The drink that uh, shall not Disney's be named. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, Thomas, uh, I wanted to tell this story real quick. Thomas sneaking into the office just now uh, reminds <laughs> me of when I was on a live TV <laughs> segment uh, on a Zoom call, sitting exactly so- where James is. And I had told Thomas, hey, make sure you tell everybody to stay out of the office. I'm going on live news. <laughs> please, please don't. Well, he totally spaced and forgot to tell James uh, <laughs> that I was on, again, live TV via Zoom. And so James opens the door, goes, and pauses. And I, of course, get kind of distracted. And he just, just slowly creeps down. by. And then he stands so that what you can't see opposite of that door is another door into a closet <laughs> and he just stands there in the closet door looking at me while I finish this live TV segment. And I'm like, dude, dude, 
it was like <laughs> go away cat, like in or out in or out you know <laughs> and so it was pretty awesome i definitely could tell that i messed up in that live segment because of james <laughs> but it was pretty classic and i will never let him live it down so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah great. <laughs> marketing guy screws up. How, how many, how many check marks you got next to your name in the office there, James? <laughs> oh, way I've more than gold lot. stars. I've but... got a lot. I've just got enough dirt on all these guys. <laughs> there you go. Can't get rid of me. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you sent me a picture yesterday of me doing a weird yoga pose, and I'm like, look, I'm That's comfortable right. in my nice. skin, but. <laughs> still an embarrassing pitch. well hey you know what uh, for, for each wait. episode release we like a lot of uh div- like the brewery that we're talking to staff pictures so if you want that yoga picture out there james just let us know and yeah, we can put we that can... on a promo yeah that's fine <laughs> i might actually get fired <laughs> if i release that to the public <laughs> oh man i'll change directions here i, I want to pour another round because i want to talk about your uh your, your lil wayne inspired beer the uh the ice cream paint job yeah. So talk about is like what's the ice cream in there and, and what's the what's that what's going on with that one? Yes. Yeah. So ice cream paint job. So that is actually it's uh I believe Doro is the hip hop artist. Doro that uh, that released that it, but then Lil Wayne did something and that's uh, why everybody yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys, you're going for the okay. deep tracks. I'm I going guess for the pop, I haven't heard the, the Lil Wayne version. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not Yeah, my bad. I'm, I apologize. No, no, my bad. I feel Ashamed that I didn't know Lil Wayne did a, <laughs> did a version of it. <laughs> Anyways, so it started out again. This was one of our original. It it might have been our original, quote unquote, pastry sour, which has generally has lactose and vanilla for pastry sour. So when we first released it, it had blueberries, raspberries, and sweet cherries, along with. Uh, vanilla and lactose so that was a super super popular beer for us and we released it a couple of times throughout the years and then i think it was sometime last year we decided to kind of turn it into a fun series where we're gonna make it ice cream Mm -hmm. inspired so different flavors so we've done one as a collab with king's brewing out in rancho cucamonga where we where we did chocolate and tangerine, just kind of like, you know, just kind of something fun and different and wonky. The most recent one uh, that we did is strawberry and watermelon, which I believe y'all we have. Yep. have. Do yep. you have that one, right? Yeah. So that one, that one is more sorbet inspired. <laughs> uh, but but the, the, the Rue did not sing family. a song called uh, <laughs> sorbet paint jobs. So, yeah, <laughs> Star Bay paint shot. He did not. He did not. Where it's it's ice cream adjacent. There we go. There you go. Ice cream adjacent paint shot. <laughs> yeah, that that beer. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll switch them around. Yeah. A lot. the strawberry yeah. watermelon. I was which I is was against uh, when uh, James first brought it up to me. I was like, nah, I don't really get that. Um, <laughs> but I am a huge fan of sorbet. And and once that kind of hits your lips, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is perfect. So I'm more of a sorbet guy than I am an ice cream guy. Well, fantastic, man! It all works out then. Yeah, Lil Wayne <laughs> is actually releasing a song called Sorbet Paint Job. Oh, is is it about Divine Barrel? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are making a big time. We now. actually had to we had to send him a cease and desist because he didn't pay us to use yeah, the naming. That's true. Naming rights. Yeah, we, we are yeah. trademarked now. So watch out, Lil Wayne. That's right. Mm, man. Anybody <laughs> out there trying to use divine He might bail. have been a part of the cash money millionaires. We're a part of the cash money broke people. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're passionate about beer. Yes. But at least we love beer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely get the watermelon flavors out. It's It's a really good and it's it's like a nice like light i guess dulled pink flavor yeah, yeah. or dulled pink dulled pink color um it's really good and and also really really nice looking beer too so we we've heard from you kind of about the the unpleasant surprise of that that flop beer but like what have you guys learned in the last two and a half to three years that that you'd like recommend to people maybe opening a brewery that you didn't know three years ago that was like oh shit wish we would have known that Oof. 
I'll let Gavin take this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First off, get a bigger system. Uh, I think that would always um, be helpful. Um, You know, I mean, we see a lot of these smaller breweries open up in the three to seven barrel range and they, if if they're in the right space, it's perfect. Um, But for where we are, the size of our building, we should have gone 15 barrel instead of 10 um, just for how we've worked distribution over the last year. Um, We self-distribute, but we've, we, especially with the pandemic, we had to, we had to make a lot more beer and that would have been easier with a bigger system. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're selling a lot more beer for a lot cheaper too, when you're going out in the market. And so, you know, that was, that was a big lesson. Um, can't really fix that now. We just work with what we got. And I, I think just establishing relationships with the market is really important. Knowing that eventually you might have to sell beer somewhere else besides your tap room is always a good thing uh, to know. Um, some breweries are lucky and, and, and they just sell boatloads of beer directly out of their tap room. I'm jealous of them, but I also do like, because of my years in the restaurant world, it's, it's nice being in other tap rooms across the city and across the state. So, you know, establishing those relationships is something that I didn't realize we'd have to do as quickly, but luckily because I was in the Charlotte restaurant industry for a little while, I had some already, uh, solid relationships. And so that was kind of nice. And then uh, make good beer. Uh, that would be the biggest piece. Well, I don't know why no one else thought of it's that one. Important. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I will say that is a very important fact because I can't tell you how many times we've had beer from breweries that probably should have been dumped. <laughs> uh, at, like, I know it sucks dumping a batch of beer, but it's so much more important that you're guests and people consuming your product are getting the best version of your product. Otherwise they, you know, all it takes is one time for them to be like, Oh, well, this isn't good. I, I, I'm not going to drink this beer from this brewery again. So yeah, and, and dumping beer is a, is a short-term pain for a big picture payoff. Whereas right. yeah, once, once they have that bad, one bad experience, then that's a big picture pain at that point. Right. Yeah. And thankfully I think, what Gavin over the three and a half years we've been open, we've only had to dump uh, two batches of beer or something like that. Hold on. Yep. Yep. I'm also knocking on wood currently two or three batches, but that doesn't, uh, you know, dirty reindeer. We had to dump part of that. It wasn't because it was bad. <laughs> it was because it was out of date. We didn't want to sell it anymore. You know, we've done that dump a case of something here or there it's painful when that happens but just knowing that okay we're not searing about it i don't want to see you know our beer on a shelf for six months you know i will still drink the hell out of a six month old sierra nevada pale ale so i'll state that right here it's one of the best beers ever (laughs) but we can't afford to do that It, it it is a being a small brewery there there is there's how does that look you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we want it to move quickly. So we want to brew the styles that people will drink. And, and we also want to brew styles that we are proud of. So we do have to mix that in there too. And if a, if the check pills doesn't move one of the times we brew it super fast, guess what? It's still going to move in the tap room. Cause we're all going to drink it. So, <laughs> you know, you, you get those lessons along the way too, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, the reason I say brew good beer is because we, we see breweries come and go. We're lucky uh, that we, we make pretty solid beer that people like. Is that a part of marketing too? Sure. But if I drink one of Ben's beers and I thoroughly don't like it, I'm probably going to tell him, but tons of other people are probably going to like it, you know, and that that's just my palate. Uh, and he's very strict on what he likes and, and doesn't like, and he'll, He'll make it sour and be like, yo, this is too sour for me. I don't really like it, but sure enough. It he sells. hates most of his beer yeah, like a true it, artist. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It, I mean, it, like, it's like one in every 15. He's like, oh, I like this one. I'm like, whoa, what? You like one? No. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't be alarmed, people. That's every brewer ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Art and artists. Uh, yeah. The, the, self, the self-deprecating. <laughs> exactly. You meant you guys mentioned, um, or James, you had mentioned 
mentioned like the collaboration, but and you guys have also talked about you know other breweries in the area. Um, what is the the brewery scene like in you know, specific, specifically like Noda and you know Charlotte has kind of seen a boom in breweries over the, in just the last handful of years. But what's your kind of immediate area look like for the brewery scene? Yeah, it's um, Charlotte's brewery scene is exploding right now. I think we have about. 50 breweries total in the area in our Noda neighborhood alone. I think we have something like 10 breweries. (laughs) Um, And we all have fantastic relationships with one another. You know, we're all competitive with one another and we want to get one another's guests, but at the same time, we're all very friendly with one another. We all help one another. We brew beer together we're all friends outside of work. Uh, so it's a very, very tight knit and welcoming community. It's it's we're, we're pretty lucky and fortunate to be in the city and situation that we are in. Cause you know, Ben will sometimes occasionally he'll need a bag of malt and he'll, you know, text, uh, President Culture or Dan from Wooden Robot or Scott from Heist and be like, hey, I need a bag of Pilsner malt. Do you guys happen to have an extra one? I mean, I they do. Or I I called uh, the one of the biggest breweries in town, Noda Brewing Company, because I needed a new IT guy. I'm like, do you have a company, (laughs) please? Like, because I just, you know, stuff's messed up and I don't know how to fix it. And they yeah. gave me their company and man, great response. Like that's just really cool. And I mean, Noda Brewing, it, there are a lot of the reason why I stayed in this industry in Charlotte because they, they taught me a lot of stuff. They helped me get a job um, here in Charlotte uh, right after I moved here. So, I mean, that's really cool. So the, the, the one other beer we have in front of us is the Imperial Leadfield Snowshoe. Uh, tell us about that beer. Oh, yeah. So that one is a West Coast double IPA. So big and bold. Um, It's hopped with uh, Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe. So this is actually a fun one. We do regular lead-filled snowshoe, which is a West Coast single version of this beer. Um, Okay. It's probably one of our more popular West Coast IPAs. So we just decided to have a little bit of fun and turn it into a DIPA version. So we amped up, obviously, the ABV and the hops. Um, the ABV is a whole 1.8% higher, which yeah. is funny because <laughs> the regular is 7.2 and this one's a 9 flat. And it's, uh, man, it's such a good beer. Uh, this is one that I named, yeah. I will say. Yes. Okay. First time came out, it was going to come out in December and it's named after a a Frank Zappa lyric, uh, uh, one of his songs, but yeah, it's a beer that we love. It was our first West coast that we were like, Holy shit. We did it. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's super piney, dank, bitter. Um, but you know, uh, you get plenty of citrus from the citra as well. So it's a really nice, and balanced beer, I think. Um, and then the thing I also really, really love about our double IPAs, whether it's a West Coast or a Hazy, is, and it's also partially dangerous, uh, they are immensely drinkable for their ABBs. You could drink a couple of them and think you're drinking a single until you realize you're <laughs> drunk as shit then. You can't <laughs> like, stand oh, up. Wait a second. Uh, this was a double IPA. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's just one thing I, I, I love about that beer and all of our dippos is that they're, they're really, really drinkable and dangerous for their, for their ABVs. All right, guys. Well, as is tradition, we have a final question for you. So let's, let's start with, Let's start with James here. All if right. you're not drinking Divine Barrel beer, what do you find yourself drinking? That, my friend, is a good question. So I love to support all of our local breweries as much as I can. So I, I'm drinking a lot of lagers. I drink, again, West Coast IPAs. Those are the big things that I kind of gravitate towards, just in general, when I'm drinking. But I, I'll drink everything. I, I love recently 
I'll just list off a couple of the beers and breweries that uh, I've bought beer from, which is rare because I get all the free beer in the world that I want here. <laughs> so wait, you're uh, not paying for it? What? Uh, I mean, uh, oh crap! <laughs> oh shit! I'm caught. Yeah, I'll take it out of your paycheck. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, Pilot Brewing um, oh, is yeah. a brewery in, in Plaza Midwood. They just celebrated their three-year anniversary. So, Gavin and I went over there last Friday, two Fridays ago, to uh, go celebrate with them, show them a little support. And that's the other thing I love about all the breweries in this town is that we all support one another. We'll go to each other's events and stuff like that. But I'm getting sidetracked. So, uh, <laughs> they adjust released a an english pub ale or an esb uh so i tried that on draft and i loved it so much i bought a four pack and of course i didn't keep any of the cans i got so excited about the beer i passed them out to <laughs> all my co-workers and uh here at the brewery and and so as a result of that we have decided to brew a pub ale ourselves on the big system in 2022 so it's kind of fun. It's fun like that, you know, trying other people's beers and uh, getting inspiration. Um, I love Salud Cerveceria just down the street. They do some phenomenal lagers. Yeah, Gavin said Triple C and Noda. They're West Coast IPAs that they do. They're great. Um, and then if I'm looking to do a little sport drinking, I will go non-craft and do every head brewer and brewer's favorite, and I will drink uh, some Miller High Life. There it is, champagne. Okay. Of champagne beers. of beer. <laughs> well, so so being in the beer industry, are you always drinking beer, or do you sometimes need a break from beer, oh, no. and then you go to booze? Yeah, I definitely. Well, so a I don't really. I can't drink wine that much because I get bad acid reflux, um, even off a little sip. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really sad it's my really lame answer and then if i start drinking spirits more than like one or two i will get like really sad and depressed and like go off in a corner by myself oh don't don't do, <laughs> oh, no. don't do that james it's okay i know so for I, i've realized that at this point in my life that i mostly should stick with beer uh but i do need a break every now and again so it's it's funny uh, i I, I don't drink a ton at home. Uh, so I Because you drink all of it at work. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> I get it all out of the way while I'm at work. <laughs> no, not real. But uh, yeah. So yeah. Mostly I'll, beer. I'll go with that. Mostly beer. All right, mostly beer. All right Gavin. Mostly beer. Gavin, you're up. Uh, so let's see. I'll echo James and the, the pub ale over there. That was one of the last things in my refrigerator. Um I do love a good classic Hefeweizen from like uh, Franziskaner or Weinstefaner. I'm totally butchering their names. But those are one of those ones when I'm in a normal grocery store, I typically shop at like Trader Joe's or Lidl. Sierra Pale. Sierra Pale. Yeah, Sierra Sierra Pale Pale. um, (laughs) was also in the fridge. We bought a 12-pack after we brewed a pale ale on our small batch system. But... um, you know, a lot of the time, if if I'm not drinking our beer, it's definitely, I, I think I just, uh, well, last night I cracked one of Burial's uh, new Italian Pilsner. Mm, it's called Bright. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Whenever Resident Culture drops off some cans, it's usually oh, one yeah. of their lagers. But I've been fiending for something a little bit more malty lately. So that's why that pub ill, and they also had a Maybach on. Um, so those really hit home with me. So now I'm kind of like, all right, what random German brewery can I buy <laughs> something like that from? Uh, Sierra Nevada's new Oktoberfest was phenomenal, as always. They And it was theirs. They didn't do a little collaboration like they normally do. Um, but then I also love the bourbon. So I have a cool old ice chest um, that was my parents'. Uh, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, and she had refused to give it to me. Uh, even though she knew I wanted this ice chest so bad. So <laughs> when she passed, I was like, dad, I'm taking this. Thanks mom. You know? And, and yeah, uh, right. so that's where I, I store all my bourbon and my glassware in there. And it's like one of those things that, you know, always think of her when I, when I pour one and it, and it's just, it's a cool piece. And it's bourbon is also about an experience too. Just like what beer 
can be. It, it's the experience for me has changed with beer over the years since now I, you know, we make it and sell it professionally. It used to be that I would take hours to enjoy a backwoods bastard. Um, you know, but now I'm like, can somebody split this one with me? I can't handle big <laughs> can't beer. It's so good. But like, <laughs> God, I just want a lager or a West Coast IPA. Um, but yeah, bourbon is one of those things too, where you get, I, you know, I, I listen to records a lot. And, and so bourbon goes really well with that because again, it's that experience of just sitting there and being like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that this tastes like Dr. Pepper to me today. Like, what's up with this particular bourbon and why? And so I sit there and I do research on it too. Wait, hold on. There's a bourbon that tastes like Dr. Pepper. I want to know yeah, about this. Uh, Man, I wanna, so to me, I have it, some Dr. Pepper bourbon. Uh, Old Tub tastes a lot like Dr. Pepper. Some bourbon you know, connoisseurs would be like, you know, screw you, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. But for me, <laughs> it tastes like Dr. Pepper. So, yeah, everyone's got their own taste. So back yeah, off, bros. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's cheap. I think it was like 20 bucks for, for the bottle. And, you know, I'm all about those cheap, awesome bourbons. Um, there's a lot out there that people are just kind of sit on and then, yeah, I get an expensive bottle every now and then. And, you know, I hoard Eagle rare. So as you should, yeah. sounds good. To, yeah. Sounds good to me. Some cheap bourbon tastes like Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I'm in, Boom. <laughs> but uh, that, that, those are my go-tos and I'll crack a Seltzy every now and then. Oh, no shame <laughs> in that. Yeah. I just had Tapo no. Chico's Seltzy and, uh, have you guys broken into the Seltzer uh, game yet? We've yeah, done we're releasing one. our second one this week. Supposedly. Uh, yeah. Last week, for those listening right now. Last week. Last, last week. week. Yes. Pardon. We released It's Already Gone. It's Already Gone. <laughs> it's already sold out. That's the hope, right? <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> Wish you would have been Try again here. next time. So you guys uh, definitely um, have foreshadowed some other breweries we have coming up on Pour Another Round um, from the Charlotte area, like Wooden Robot and Pilot. Uh, there'll be some later episodes, too. Nice. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys, Gavin, James, uh, so much for hanging out with us today. Um, appreciate the beer, uh, getting us the beer and getting, you know, us, allowing us to get to know Divine Barrel's story more intimately. And uh, for our listeners, be sure to hit up Divine Barrel in North Davidson or Noda. On the east side, Wait, um, northeast like cool side, Noda. I know. Noda. I try. Um, of Charlotte, yeah, and the Noda area. I've been to Charlotte um, a couple times now in the last few years, and really, really have fallen in love with the Noda area too. And um, it, it, if I were to live in the Charlotte area, that's probably where I would gravitate toward as well. You, know, you yes. guys have amazing restaurants, amazing breweries, and I'm uh, part. And I, I told you guys this, I think, when I was down there. Very particular to Haberdish. Yeah. Um, the food is amazing. Oh, yeah. Tendies. Oh, yeah. Those chicken tendies. Yes, yes. The chicken tenders and waffles. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, like, salivate just thinking about Mac them. Cameron, with... did you enjoy it when you went there? Guys, don't oh. worry. I'm not having FOMO over here. I, I don't even care. This, I'm ignoring it. <laughs> oh, man. You wouldn't love delicious fried chicken, I promise. No, not your thing. No, no. <laughs> it's not your thing, I'm sure. <laughs> everybody hates it yeah well thank you guys thank you guys so much for having us yeah Yeah, thank you and james you owe me a dr pepper dr pepper bourbon dr pepper bourbon (laughs) (laughs) for for our listeners and visiting uh divine barrel be sure to uh say hi to to gavin and james and the whole crew and be sure to pour another round for us cheers guys absolutely cheers friends thanks y'all thanks for listening to this episode of pour another round Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Pour Another Round. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show. You can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well. Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round.